Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. 
It is Friday. It is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday here on the Jesse Kelly Show. And it's going to be an awesome day. I don't know what I'm more excited for. These questions that you emailed in, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You can keep sending them. Or call 877-377-4373. You're welcome to call live. You're welcome to leave a voicemail, whatever you prefer. I don't know what's better, your questions or our little hopefully shortened, no guarantees on that, history story today. The reason I don't make guarantees is this might be the coolest human being ever to walk the planet, and it's it's hard not to keep talking about it. I mean, what if your enemies named you? What would they name you? Would it be something derogatory? This guy's enemies named him the White Death. Yeah. That's exactly right. Every single dude right now, even ones who don't know what I'm about to talk about, just started pumping their fist. I want to be the white death, but no, sadly, that is not going to be another nickname because that one is reserved for the great Simo Haiha. And if I'm saying that name wrong, it's because I tried six different sources for how to pronounce it, and they all say it differently. Simoy, Simo, I'm just, so he's going to be Simo today. And that's probably wrong. But I went to community college. That's, that's the best I can do. But anyway, I'm going to get to your questions. We have questions about why women lose their phones all the time. I'll tell you why. How do we fight back against big corporate America crushing us? And is murder good advertising? Yeah, we've got all that and a lot more coming up on today's show. It's going to be sweet. But first, as we always do, let's rewind the clock just a bit and head head back to the early 19th century. Where are we? Well, here's where we are. This is Stalin. This is Hitler. This is that point in time where, yeah, they hate each other. They don't trust each other. But they do that kind of, hey, no way. You're an evil dictator, too. I am, too. Why don't we, why don't we work together? I mean, we don't have to work against each other. You want to take over a bunch of things. I want to take over a bunch of things. Between the two of us, I mean, nobody around here can really stop us from taking over a bunch of things. So why don't we just, why don't we just agree to divvy everything up out here? The famous Hitler-Stalin non-aggression pact. They just agree, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take over all this and murder a bunch of people, and you take over all that and murder a bunch of people. We'll just be mass murderers. It'll be fun. And they do. They do. You remember they spit-roasted Poland? And the Soviet Union, it's a big nut to crack. 170 million people, massive, powerful empire. They start leaning on the countries they've been, air fingers quote, given. It's not as if it was Germany's to give, but it was, you know, an agreement. Well, I'm going to leave these countries alone. You leave this alone. So the Soviet Union starts looking at places like Places you, you would not even be able to find on a map. Estonia and Latvia 
and, and tell. And there's a reason you can't find them on the map. I'm not not pointing fingers at you. I couldn't either until I looked them up. But they're just tiny. They're not. At some point in time, you're surrounded by your betters. So I never will judge these countries for doing what they did. Stalin was basically saying to them, uh, excuse me, Estonia, uh, hand over the keys. This is mine now. And Estonia said, yes, boss. Absolutely. Here you go. Enjoy the place. I'm just going to, do you mind if I take a room? It's okay. Latvia too. I mean, it was just, and it was honestly, probably the smart move. Might even be, you could make the argument, the patriotic move. It's not one guys like. It's not one I like instinctively. I like what the Finns are about to do. You know, nah, screw you. Let's fight. But Estonia, Latvia, I mean, these are still peoples who exist to this day. They exist to this day because... Sometimes when you're giving, when you're given a gigantic poop sandwich, sometimes you got to eat it in life. Sometimes when Stalin knocks on your door, if you want to preserve your nation, generations, maybe you should agree. Maybe the Finns should have agreed. It's an interesting thought experiment. It's, it's, it's interesting when you consider how, how the next war went. Because the Soviet Union did the same thing to Finland. Finland had a couple really valuable areas the Soviets wanted. And they said, uh, hey, Finland, we just took all this. We need that, too. We need your stuff, too. And Finland, at first, let's not make it look like they were the 300 Spartans rejecting any offer right away. Finland, at first tried to negotiate something, but that's, again, understandable. They were all, well, no, I mean, you can't you can't have all that. How about if you just take a little, a little? Well, Stalin was a communist. What is communism, everybody? A religion of domination. Stalin doesn't just accept, oh, a couple things. Stalin says, no, I, I, don't, think, I don't think you're understanding the, the situation here. I have a huge, powerful army. You do not. I have a country of 170 million people. You have a country of 3 million people. I'm not asking. I'm telling. These things belong to me now. And Finland says, well, I guess we're going to have to fight about it then. And this kicks off a 105-day war. That's all it was, 105 days, a little more than three months, called the Winter War. And it is one of the coolest little mini wars ever. Here's the scenario on the ground. Finland has about 200,000 troops. These are all very rough numbers. Russia, the Soviets, a million. And let me just tell you now, that doesn't even come close to doing justice, the military disparity between the Soviet Union and the Finns. That's actually as good as it gets for the Finns. You know how many functioning tanks the Finns had at this point? One in their entire country. The Soviets had virtually an unlimited amount. The Soviets had air power. Finns, virtually none. At one point during this war, on my life, I'm not making this up, the Finns for artillery have two 
1800s-era cannons they're shooting back at the Russian modern artillery. It is that bad. The Finns have no chance whatsoever that they lasted more than five and a half seconds is amazing. And not only did they last, these Finns are apparently made of some strong stuff over there. They made life a living hell for the Russians, for the Soviets. Now, there are a couple things at play with the Soviets. Yes, on paper, big, strong, better equipment, things like that. But there's something about life that always gets us. And I actually don't like this fact of life, but it is a fact of life. Leadership is so incredibly important. There's an old saying, Chris, look this up because I forgot to look it up. I don't know who said it. In fact, it just popped into my head. That's why I forgot to look it up. But there is an old, old saying in combat that says it is better to be an army of donkeys led by a lion than an army of lions led by a donkey. Leadership matters. Why? Well, you're about to find out why. And why women lose their phones. Hang on. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com Is there anything worse than somebody telling you, ah, you need to quit dipping. You need to quit dipping. But you need to quit dipping. And look, I'm the one who can say it to you because I had to, too. A decade of dipping. I loved it. I needed some way to help me, though. I can't just set it down. I'd probably end up burning through a pack of cigarettes a day trying to find a way to quit dipping, which obviously doesn't help anything at all. Have you heard about Jake's Mint Chew? Listen to this. It's no tobacco, no nicotine. It is completely natural, and it tastes good. Several different flavors. It's the way you can quit dipping. They even have pouches if you want it. It works. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 20% off. Oh, we have... We have lost a legend, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry, he's not dead. He's not dead. We have lost a legend. I will tell you about this legend in a little while. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram, on Facebook. I'm on Locals now, officially. That's the one place I can't kicked off of. I can't get kicked off of. So you may want to go there. <laughs> we all know. We all know how this goes. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday on the Jesse Kelly Show, and I understand the show is growing. I get that. I get that. Let me explain something. For you new people, if you're wondering why this right-wing political talk show is now going to be answering questions about cheeseburgers and duels with Viking axes and women losing their phones— This is why. One, 
Isn't the news bad enough all week long? You get four days of the Biden is ending the world. Everything sucks. Communism. You get four days of that. And you get it everywhere you look if you consume any, you know, conservative radio. And that's understandable. Look, it's really bad right now. And I'll talk some politics today. Do you really need it again on a Friday? Trust me, if there's ever a huge story on a Friday, you know, something big happens, I'm obviously going to set this stuff aside and we're going to talk about it. But is there anything super important happening today that we can't get to on Monday or didn't already get to this week? Nope. So I'm not dragging you down. The week is hard enough and long enough, period. By the way, shout out to the great KPRC right here in Houston, home station. The one who gave me, shoot, less than three years ago, gave me my shot on the radio, an hour-long 7 o'clock at night show. And it turned into a nationally syndicated three-hour show. Man, that was a bad decision. All right. Leadership. Leadership matters a lot. Stalin takes over after Lenin's gone. Remember what we talked about with Mao? Shoot, was that yesterday or the day before we were talking more about Mao and the purges and how the struggle never stops for the communists even once they take over something? Stalin did the same thing too. Hey, I've got control of everything, you know? We certainly can't risk any dissent. Let's purge anyone and and everyone who even might be able to challenge my level of power. When you do that, a lot of the military leadership is going to get gone. When you do that and then all of a sudden try to make war on somebody, you look around and your military leadership is embarrassing. The Soviets were led by absolute idiots at this point because Stalin had killed all the good guys (laughs) or at least thrown them in the gulags. The ones he didn't kill the Soviets storm into Finland with green uniforms on. And I guess I probably should set this up for you briefly. You know how cold the Soviet union is, you know, general winter and all that. That's famous for the horrible winters and cold. Let me explain. The Soviets froze to death routinely in Finland. You thought the Soviet Union was cold. If if hell was cold instead of hot, it would be Finland. And actually, with all due respect, I understand Finland is actually a beautiful place and the people are supposed to be cool. And you know I'm offensive. I would not hesitate to insult the Finns at all. It's just, if you don't like the cold, it's hell. It's a winter hell. 40 degrees below zero during this entire combat, this entire 105 days. You want to know what the high was? Four degrees. That was the high. Somebody woke up and it was four one morning and said, man, it's a little warm, Bob. I think I'm going to shed one of these 90 layers today. That's the reality of it. The Soviets roll into this winter hell with green uniforms on. And again, it's not going to be a problem, right? (laughs) These these Finns, they're not going to put up any kind of a fight. Except now let's go to our man so you can have some idea of the Finns and how the Finns were. One, they were fiercely patriotic people. Two, 
They had a strong, strong religious background, which is key for a nation as a whole. I'm not saying you personally, you make your own choices. A nation must have a strong religious background. Every nation in history has understood this. Simo Haiha. He was just, the dude, he seems like a movie character. He was just a farm boy. His parents were farmers. No real money to speak of. They made his clothes. How did they get food? Well, I mean, there was a little hunting village, but there's no Walmart there. You went out and you killed it. Oh, what are we having for dinner? I don't know. Let me grab my rifle and go figure it out. Several brothers and sisters. A strong Christian family. They used to sit around as a family and sing Christian songs. How about that for a little blast from the past? Simo was notoriously quiet, notoriously patient, notoriously comfortable in nature. He was, like I said, quiet, but they would routinely see him out talking to animals, talking to the world around him. He was just one of these guys that I've known guys like this, and I'm comfortable outside, outdoors, because of Montana. I've known guys like this. That's just their home out there, and that's who this guy was. That's how this guy was. That's how he grew up. This was very common in Finland. The Soviets come in, and you have a bunch of guys, obviously not like Simo, otherwise they probably would have won the Dagon War, but you have a bunch of Finns who live, work, and worship in this winter wonderland environment. They're all cloaked in white. And you want to know what Simo Haiha did for fun? What many of the Finns did for fun? They skied. And I don't mean just downhill skiing, cross-country skis. That's just something you did for fun. You don't have a ton of options when it's 40 below outside and everything's covered in snow. But throw some skis on, some poles. Okay, this can be a good time. I've cross-country skied before. It's great exercise. Good time. Well, if you have a gigantic, slow Soviet army taking the roads of your nation, you are a bunch of hunters and fishers cloaked in white, know how to shoot weapons because of all the hunting, and you cross-country ski your entire life, do you think you're going to be uniquely suited to take on an invading army? As I've always said, things are a little different when you are defending your homeland. The Soviets come in, and they do not find a bunch of losers just laying down. They come in and find these winter soldier gods. The Soviets can't move Whenever they send a man out on patrol or men out on patrol, the Finns will mow them down in the woods and then ski away before the Soviets can clamber over there. The tanks are freezing up. They're having to light fires underneath the tanks to get it to start up. When it's 40 below, understand how cold 40 below is, oil will freeze. Certain types of oil in your vehicle will freeze at 40 below. I have existed at this temperature a couple times in my life because it would get 20, 30 below on occasion in Montana. If you've never experienced it, just know. You go out and you, you breathe in, like through your nose, 
your nose, the inside of it is frozen. Uh, any, any, I'm sorry, this is disgusting. Any snot in your nose is now frozen. Solid. Your lungs feel like needles are going inside of them. I'm not done yet. The white death is coming. Hang on. Never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. News this morning, the man in charge of the Tokyo Olympics stepping down amid controversy. Olympic Committee President Yoshira Mori resigning over a sexist comment he made claiming women talk too much. <laughs> Pour one out for Roshiro today. Forced to resign for telling the truth. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. All right. The Finns are doing this guerrilla war thing against the Soviets. Molotov cocktails. You ever heard from them? You ever heard of them? Guess where those came from? Oh, yeah. Right here. They didn't have the equipment. They're coming up with cocktails. They're burning out tanks. The Finns were absurdly brave. But... Numbers are what they are. They just are. The Soviets do have a little problem, though. Their guys keep dying. And I don't just mean dying from a random guerrilla warfare attack. The Finns were great at attacking the the supply lines. They were always going after the Soviet food. They had important things like forward observers dying. And they couldn't find who was doing it. They couldn't even find his identity. They would just send men out. And I don't mean a man. They would send men out, plural. And none of them would come back that day. Why? Because of that farm boy named Simo Haya. You see, remember how I said he was at home in nature? Eventually, at one point, he joins the military. Only for a year. This is not some special forces soldier. Joins for a year. Follows orders religiously and absurdly observant and in a ridiculous good shot. They're like, wow, where did the, this, this is amazing. And when I say good shot, I need to explain something here and take a quick side note. And I'm going to try to hurry because I realize we have asked Dr. Jesse questions to get to. But understand this. 
in the in the Marine Corps, you have to rifle qualify. You're supposed to rifle qualify every year, or at least you were. I don't know the rules may change. I'm old now. But every single year, you had to go to the range with your M16. That's what we had back then. I think they have M4s now. But you had to go to the range with your M16 and rifle qualify at various various distances. 200 meters, 300 meters, 400 meters, 500 meters. You know how far 500 meters is? That's essentially five football fields. And I think it's different today, but back then we had to qualify with iron sights. That means there's no scope on. It's you, you have to make your adjustments, figure out what's what, and you have to qualify 500 meters iron sights. And I could hit a man-sized target. I was a good shot. I grew up hunting too. I could hit a target 500 meters with iron sights if I was on the rifle range and not under a great deal of pressure and nobody's shooting at me, not 40 below zero, you know, these, these kinds of things. And I could hit it twice a minute, maybe. I would say, honestly, I'm probably more comfortable saying once a minute. I have to make my adjustments, right? I have to, oh, well, wait, that, that one missed here. Simo Haiha, and I honestly, as soon as I read this, I thought this was a lie. I thought this is one of those historical embellishments. There's no way it's true, but I dug into it, and apparently it is true. Simo Haiha can shoot open sights at 500 yards, and at one shooting competition, he was so good, he started going to shooting competitions. He hit a target 16 times in one minute at 500 yards with open sights. You understand he has to reload during this time, right? He has to reload his weapon 16 times. He, he got famous for this. They started the, the, the Soviets knew him as the White Death. The Finns called him the magic shot. They're like, who is this freak? And then it's not like I stayed in the army. I can't emphasize this enough. He leaves, but the Finnish army had a couple cool things. One, you can pay them for the rifle you were using. It was just some bolt-action rifle. He said, I like this thing. I think I'll enjoy hunting with it. I'm going to pay you. I'm going to take the rifle. And he agrees to join the civilian guard. Essentially, it's the National Guard. It's, it's a national defense force where you're not really in the military but you are there in case, you know, the worst happens and somebody invades. Part of joining the civilian guard, part of the reason he joined, yes, out of duty and patriotism, but two, if you joined it, really what you got out of it was they'd give you ammunition, lots of it, because they wanted you to, you know, go practice. Well, to Simo, that's music to his ears. He loved to hunt. Oh, I'm just going to buy the the, uh, the army weapon, and, and you're going to send me a bunch of ammo, and I'm— I'm going to keep just enjoying keeping to myself in the wilderness. All he wanted to do was hunt and farm and be in nature. The Soviets invade. Ring, ring. Simo answers the call. And at first he shows up. I want to emphasize this. He's not special. He's not some special operations guy. He's not even thought of as a sniper. He shows up and he's just a regular dude. And on the first day, they have him doing like these insane things under heavy fire. And what they're noticing is not his shootings. He's not shooting yet. It's that he's not rattled at all. 
He has machine guns, artillery going off around him. He would just wouldn't move. He would just sit there and just focus on whatever he was doing. He was completely unbothered by the most horrible danger imaginable. And then it got better. They start seeing him shoot, you know, just with the other normal infantry guys. And they're like, oh, oh, my gosh. Everyone's just dying. Whenever he pulls the trigger, somebody dies. And they're noticing. People are noticing. What? Uh, okay. Apparently, we have a prodigy on our hands here. And the Finns have a problem. I mean, the Soviets are a major army. The, the Soviets have snipers, too. Really good ones. And there's a sniper out there giving the Finns tons of problems. He's killing all their officers. He's making their life absolutely miserable. And their commander goes to Simo, sees how this guy can shoot, and says, do you think you think you can get this guy? And, of course, Simo, which is this is unsurprising, like the most humble man who ever lived, says, well, I'll, I'll do my best. Simo goes out, spends all night looking where he, think this, he thinks this guy might be. The general area, right? Only Simo had this ability. And, and look, you are born with this or you are not. In 30, 40 degrees below zero, he would put a bunch of layers on. Simo could lay there motionless for 12, 13, 14 hours. Just sitting, watching, and waiting. You ever hear that saying, beware the fury of a patient man? You don't ever want somebody like this wanting you dead. I'll tell you that much. He's sitting there waiting for this sniper. Remember, Simo has iron sights on his weapon. Oh, and did I mention the guy had spent so much time hunting and basically preparing his life for war that he didn't know was going to come. He knew things like he would pour water all over the snow in front of his position. So if he fired his weapon, the snow wouldn't blow up and dust up like that and give away his position. He would do things like stuff snow in his mouth so his breath wasn't as hot so you couldn't see, you know, the steam from his mouth. The sun starts to come up this morning. And you're Simo. You've laid there all night in the freezing cold, trying as hard as you can to find this sniper who's killing your countrymen. And you think he's out there, but you don't know. And you are just getting ready to wrap up your day as you're looking and you're looking and you can't see anything. And finally, you see a reflection off of a sniper scope. You don't know if he's seen you or not. But you wait, and you watch, and you want to know what happened next? I'll tell you. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. 
Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. How do we fight big corporations? Well, I'm about to tell you. And I'm about to tell you why Republicans don't fight big corporations. And don't forget, we have a hatchet fight coming up. <laughs> it's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Simo Haiha is laying, hunting this Russian sniper. Cannot see him, cannot see him, cannot see him. Finally, he sees the glint of a sniper scope. Now he knows where he is. But tell me this wouldn't, this is the part that really floors me of this, this story. He doesn't take a shot at it. He just decides, well, I know where he is. He doesn't know where I am. I'll just wait some more. I can win with patience. And he continues to lay there. Finally, the sun comes up enough. The sniper thinks, well, I'm going to go ahead and go on back and get some sleep now. Sits up and Simo Haiha is waiting there, eyes down the sights. And that was the last breath the sniper ever took. His face was gone about five seconds after that. Goodbye. Now, this Simo Haiha guy is starting to gain a reputation, not just with the Russians, with the Finns. He's starting to become a hero. And his legend grows because he's one of these guys, it appears, whatever you send him out to do gets done. And I mean, stuff that shouldn't be possible. The Finns were getting pounded, I mean, pounded by uh, artillery. And just so you know, obviously, this is not exactly news, but artillery is shot from far away, right? That's the idea of artillery. I'm going to shoot you with big, big guns before you can shoot me. It's not more complicated than that. But you're not sitting back there with a little scope on your big artillery piece trying to aim down the sights. Somebody has to tell you where to shoot. Somebody over closer to where you're shooting has to be up there saying, no, 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 here, yes, shoot here, shoot there. And they're calling in grid coordinates and things like that. Well, these are called forward observers. That's who these people are. Simo gets sent out to hunt down the forward observer who is apparently giving away their exact positions to these Soviets. They're getting crushed, and they're like, Simo, please, go see if you can find this guy. Remember, he's a great hunter, too. Simo makes his way towards the forward observer. He does hunt him down. And when I say hunt him down, I want you to understand something about this man. Remember I talked about at home in nature? He would memorize terrain. Not like you or I would memorize terrain. Oh, there are some pretty trees. 
Ah, that looks like a lake. Very nice. Sibo Haya would look at a scene like that, and he would figure out which way the wind blows. He would know, oh, wow, there's more snow on this side of the tree than that side of the tree. He would take a mental, they think he had a photographic memory. He would take a mental picture of areas and could tell when something had been disturbed. He hunted down this forward observer, only it wasn't a forward observer. It was forward observers, eight of them. Simo Haya got himself into position and with a single shot bolt action rifle and iron sights shot all eight of them dead. Gone. Comes back that night. Yeah, boss, we're good. They're not going to bother us anymore. Now the Soviets are starting to get extremely, extremely concerned because they're aware there is somebody out there with special abilities. So the Soviets put together a special counter sniper unit to go hunt down specifically the man. Again, they don't know his identity. They're trying to find his identity. So they're just calling him the white death. And it's starting to affect troop morale on the Soviet side. They send out a counter sniper unit to get Simo. He killed all them too. They're trying to hunt down a man you simply cannot hunt down. The guy would, uh, because it's uh, there are a bunch of marshes in Finland when it's warmer, and you have all these little mini holes and ditches and depressions and hills. He would he was famous for low crawling for hours and hours and hours patiently moving inches at a time through the freezing snow so nobody would have his, would no one no one would have his position they just simply couldn't ever find him he would do things to prevent himself from being silhouetted he would build up a little snow mound behind him and slowly rise up just to the equal level of the snow mound so you could you, he was just not there He's just some farm guy who can kill you without thinking, dressed in white, impatient as could be. He was not there. You thought the eight-man thing was impressive? They sent Simo Haiha out one day to hunt down Russians. Simo, they're down there. Go do what you can do. Simo came back at the end of the day having shot 25 Russians dead in one day. The guy simply could not be stopped. That that was his most. He had another day of 19. He had another day of 23. Again, he didn't want he didn't get in a position and take a shot. He would get in a position, ensure it was so camouflaged that he would sit and mow down entire units by himself. The Soviets had to change their entire defensive strategy because Simo Haiha would not stop murdering them. But all this stuff only lasts for so long, right? Eventually, time cometh for all of us. We'll wrap up Simo Haiha and get to why women lose their phones in just a sec. Okay, go. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, 
your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. They got him, though. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You'll be happy to know. I was happy to know, no, he didn't get hunted down by another sniper. The counter-sniper crew didn't get him either. He was just caught in an ambush with his whole unit. He was with his whole unit. They got caught in an ambush. He got shot in the face with an exploding bullet. They had 20-some surgeries to put his jaw back together. Absolutely shattered. Completely shattered. He couldn't eat solid foods for three or four months by the time they were gone. He passed out, woke up at a hospital. They patched it together with all these surgeries. But he wakes up, and you know what Simo Hiho wants? Simo Hiho wants to go back into combat with a jaw shattered. People like that, people like that change the course of history. Let us go to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions now. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. It is time. Let us begin. Don't forget, next hour, the great Ann Coulter joins us on the show. Chris doubted I could do it. Did it in like three minutes during a break. <laughs> Chris, I'm going to get Ann Coulter on. Chris, no, you're not. Oh, Chris, guess who's coming on the show? Boom, in your stupid face, Chris. In case you're wondering... Simo Haiha lived a long, happy life when he was done. As you can imagine, quiet, humble, reserved. I believe that rifle he used, because it was always the same one, I believe that rifle he used is still on display in a museum today. I'm almost positive of it. I forget the exact details. He went back and 
He did farming and hunting and fishing and spent the rest of his life completely comfortable in nature. And yes, the Finns lost the Winter War in 105 days, but still a legendary tale. The Winter War itself is something I'll go into another time. I really just wanted to focus mostly on SEMO today because it was just awesome. The Finns were awesome. SEMO wasn't the only one out there fighting like a lion. The Finns were awesome. It is time. Are you ready? What, Chris? And it's time. The best time of the week. Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Jesse, why do women continuously lose their phones? I've lost my phone maybe twice since cell phones were invented. She loses hers every other week, literally, and she gets mad when I try to throw any logic at how you can prevent this. She likes to slam doors when she's mad, and she gets our screen door stuck, well, more than I do. Problem is, my five-year-old, Andrew, is just like her and slams the door already, and he puts in parentheses, redheads. (laughs) First of all, pal, all right, you take the plunge and marry a redhead you get what you get. Don't throw a fit. That's how they all are. Are redheads absurdly hot? Absolutely. That's how they get us in. That's why God did that. He knew he made them insane with rage. And so he had to balance it out somehow. And he made them so hot you can't take your eyes off them. So that's how they get you. They suck you in with the hotness. And then you find out, wow, she's like a demon when she's mad. That's one. Two. You want to know why women lose their phones? I'm actually going to defend women instead of making fun of them here. I always go off of how we're made, what we're created to do in certain, certain, we're just created for certain things. Men have bigger shoulders, physically stronger. Why? Because, well, men are created for more physical labor and created to be the protectors of a home of a nation. That's why men are built more for combat than women are. That's simply how our bodies are made. Our minds are wired for certain things too. A woman is more created to take care of a home, to be and taking care of a home is a living hell. And I say this only as my only experience with this is You know, whenever we have uh, health problems on my wife's side of the family or something like that, my wife will have to leave. It's not, by the grace of God, it's not common, but my wife will have to leave. And it's been, it's happened multiple times. She's gone for like a week. And I am not, as you know, I'm not doing the kissing every woman's bed thing of, ah, these people are saints type thing. But as a dude, it's easy to fall into the trap of, ah, I mean, how hard is it? Just washing the dishes a couple, uh, couple times. It's no big deal. It's horrible. All the things you have to do, all the things it takes to take care of a home is terrible. I'm at work. Yeah, I I mean, what I do is different and not in any way inferior, but I'm focusing, I'm micro-focused on a few different things, right? They have like a thousand things they have to do, different things. It is the things she would text me every day of, don't forget about this, and don't forget to remind him about this homework, and don't forget to set this out, and don't forget about... I was like, I, I, can I have a personal assistant or something? I don't, I'm not built for this. Because they have to do a thousand different things over the course of a day, they lose track of the little things they don't prioritize. Because you simply can't. If you have a thousand things to do, you have to make somebody make your life easier. I, uh, 
Speaking of personal assistants, you remember they hired me one. Well, I, I, the show went national. The radio show went national, nationally syndicated, which is obviously very cool. And then, you know, the TV show is getting so big, too. I have the TV show on the channel. I'm uh, uh, the first every night at the show's called I'm Right, 9 o'clock Eastern. And because of that, it's a ton. It's, it's just a lot. Now, no, it's not backbreaking labor. I don't need your thoughts and prayers. I'll be fine. But there's a reason hardly anybody does radio and TV. You do one of the two in general. It's a lot. It, it's a lot to put together. It's a lot to think about. So they finally, one day they offered me, they're like, hey, uh, we would like to hire you a personal assistant. To which, I mean, again, you know, I, I'm, I'm a blue collar guy. I was like, well, what the heck do I need a personal assistant for? I'm fine. I can get my own coffee. And they're like, no, you don't understand. Because these were experienced media guys. They said, you don't understand how much you've taken on. You really need to get a personal assistant and we're going to hire you one anyway. And now I see it. I see it. I, I don't, I only have, I have so much to do. That I don't want to get my own coffee in the morning. I don't have freaking time. Get it for me. Uh, in the afternoons, if I'm putting together something for TV or something like that, and, and I have to order food, I don't have time to run down and get it. I didn't have time to eat, let alone run down and get my food. You go get the daggone food. I have to put this and that together. You understand what I'm saying? It's the same thing at the house. Once you get too busy, you can only prioritize what you prioritize. You can only hit the high points. You can't get everything, and women simply do not prioritize their phones. So they have them, and then they set them down. My wife loses her phone five times a day, and I swear that's not an exaggeration. If I'm home, one of the first things I get is, can you call my phone? I can't find it. Can you call my phone? And it also hurts women, too, that apparently none of them have decent eyesight, and they get these gigantic phones that don't fit comfortably in their pockets. And I've asked my wife about this, and you get things like, well, this one has a better camera for the kids and stuff like that. Okay, but it doesn't fit in your pocket right. But that is why women lose their phones all the time, because women have to multitask more. And I can't stress this enough. I am not doing that pathetic beta male thing of today of, oh, they're really saintly, smart, genius gods, and we big, dumb, oaf men, we never know anything. That's so, I hate that. That's, you, can't, you can't escape it anymore. It's every TV sitcom. It's all that. I'm not doing that. But look, we are made different for different things. They are a lot better multitaskers. I can't, I can't listen to two things at once. Speaking of, speaking of wives... This is a fight I've had with my wife a million times. We don't have it anymore because she finally learned. But women women like to mark their territory with men. And by mark their territory, I mean this. Whenever you're around, women like to make sure they always have access to you, period. No matter what. They just do. Chris, Chris is rolling his eyes over here. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. So this is what my wife used to do. And this was not in any way malicious. I would be on the phone. You know, I have a cell phone in my ear. I'm talking to somebody for work. And she'll walk in the room and start talking to me. So I was thinking about doing chicken for dinner tonight and stuff like that. And, and, and exactly, Chris is pointing to the thing and mouthing the words, I'm on the phone. Yes, to which we had little mini fights about it. I would hold my phone away and be like, I'm on the phone. I didn't hear anything. You just said, I'm on the phone. And she would storm out because in her mind, you were just right there. Why can't she talk to you? You're not sitting there talking to another human being. 
That's how little I can multitask, though. If I'm talking to somebody, and I'm really, really bad at this, I admit. I'm worse than even most dudes. If I'm listening to one thing, I cannot listen to another thing. Otherwise, I hear nothing. It totally screws me up completely. All right. Fighting back against corporate America. Hang on a second. Talk Radio Revolution. Jesse Kelly. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Remember, we got Ann Coulter coming up next hour at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Locals. Allow us to chop away at these. I'm going to try to get through all these. I'm going to try to get through all of them. We get the, we have these nice messages, too. First message ever, food for thought from a first-time viewer. Great show, but what makes it even better is how humble Jesse comes across. His ability to portray his humility is equaled by intelligent questions asked in a common-sense way. It comes across as almost a personal conversation. This is very attractive to the viewers. His community college remarks about himself are very endearing and will serve him well. He is a pleasure to watch, and I will tell all my friends, good luck. <laughs> pleasure to watch, Chris, in your stupid face. Somebody who watches the show. A wise one. You discussed the minimum wage hike and how stupid it is. I agree. However, why aren't Republicans simply changing the narrative and stating that they agree, but it should only apply to companies with over 500 employees? I mean, these corporations are refusing to donate to anyone that incited insurrections and rejected the election. You have big corps like Nike encouraging minimum wage wokeness, but lobbying against bills to prevent slave labor in China. This is the le at least one way to, one, punish these corps, and two, somewhat try and even the playing field for smaller businesses after this COVID debacle. I'm sure there are numerous reasons why this isn't a good idea, but Republicans gave them a tax cut and they beep on us in return. Why not return the favor? I am all in favor of offense. However, one, offense can't be simply revenge politics. You know, for instance, I, I want to impeach Joe Biden. I think if the House had 
the, you know, the power of impeachment right now, if the Republicans had the House, I think they should impeach Joe Biden. Not because of revenge for what they did for Donald Trump, but because Democrats have now proven they will weaponize impeachment for partisan purposes. So you weaponize the you weaponize it back against them and water it down so they can't weaponize it anymore. If we impeach Joe Biden a dozen times too, you impeach Donald Trump, then impeachment's gone forever. No, it doesn't mean anything to people anymore. That said, it's never going to happen from Republicans. Why? Well, here's what sucks. And it does. It sucks. The truth is gigantic corporations, big time, big time wealthy people, they're just as against you, even on the right, they're as against you as the people on the left. You remember my congressional run? I've told you about it a thousand times. I'm not going into it again. Why do you think the major GOP money in Arizona was scared to death of me? My stance on illegal immigration. I was uh, and remain in a, what to, a hardliner, to put it mildly, when it comes to illegal immigration. It was the one question all these super wealthy guys asked me when they sat down with me. The one thing they wanted to know. There, obviously, I was low taxes and all that. That's all music to their ears. Uh, what about illegal immigration? Now, why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Come on. You know the real game. The real game is just like I've talked about a thousand times before when Rome made the transition from republic to dictatorship. It was because the guys, the leaders of the republic had fallen in love with foreign slave labor and they spent all their time dumping on their actual citizens to line their pockets with more slave labor, and eventually you got yourself a dictator out of it because the people are going to revolt. It's the exact same thing that's happening here. Our major corporations are now flat-out anti-American. Wasn't it yesterday Lee Smith we had on? It was, I believe. Lee Smith, I think it was yesterday, in his article, The 30 Tyrants, about how it was comparing us to, to Athens and Sparta, but about how our guys who lead our society now, they're all actively working against our society because they're all working on behalf of China, and they're all working on behalf of China, not because they're communists, some of them are, sure, but because China's the one who lines their pockets. And because America, look, freedom is great. It's the best thing in the world. It's awesome. But America is way too soft to crack down on stuff like that. And it's killing us. It's absolutely killing us. Greetings, Sensei. I live up in the Sierra Nevada mountains where there is no fast food, but once a month or so I go to Reno where there is every kind of fast food. So it is a treat that I have to choose carefully. After I heard that someone got murdered in line at Popeye's, I decided I had to try their sandwich and now that is my go-to. So I go with the spicy chicken sandwich, fries with blackened ranch. I learned that from you. Yes, sir, you did. And sweet tea. And so far, I have managed to not witness witness any any murders, but it is still a good chicken sandwich. I read this email simply because, one, I wanted to once again give myself credit for introducing so many of you to the blackened ranch at Popeye's. 
in the end, I only care about me. That's one. Two, it got me thinking. I thought about that guy who got murdered over the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I forget the details. I think it was stabbed or something. Remember when the Popeye, Popeye's announced they were coming out with this chicken sandwich. And they came out with it on like this super temporary basis, which corporations understand do on purpose. They do that on purpose. Popeye's brings it out, and they always knew it was going to be permanent. And it turns out it's like the best freaking chicken sandwich ever. It's so good. Shut up, Chris. You don't know what you're talking about. If you don't like that sandwich, wait a minute. You're Jewish. You like fried chicken. It's okay, but it's only okay. That's better than anything you people have in your cuisine at all. Well, no, don't woe me. What do you what do you have that's better than a spicy chicken sandwich from Popeyes? Brisket? All right. All right. One, I disagree with you, but two, that's at least a legitimate answer. That's at least a legitimate answer. Okay. I get I get uh, fair enough. Fair enough. I stand, I mean, not corrected, because I'm never wrong, but I stand maybe neutral. That's a better way to put it. All right. Anyway, back to my story. I was thinking about that. So they announce announce this chicken sandwich. They release it, and it's stupid good. Chris is an idiot. Don't listen. If you haven't had it yet, it's stupid good. And it's so good, the lines are an hour long. And I live in the suburbs of of Houston. I'm not exactly downtown on some major thoroughfare. And my Popeye's chicken would routinely – run out of it in a day. You would wait a half hour, 45 minutes for this sandwich. And then they would, they would be like, Hey man, I'm sorry. They had people going up and down the car line in the drive through saying, Hey, but I'm sorry. We ran out of chicken sandwiches, which, which only inflamed the desire even more for people to have it. And it got so bad. Some dude got murdered over one. And eventually they of course brought it back permanently and it's phenomenal. But I always did think about this. No, I don't think there was a conspiracy by Popeyes to murder someone over a chicken sandwich. But as tragic as that is, very sad, rest in peace, you know, prayers for his family. Was that great advertising? It was, wasn't it, Chris? You're not your, wasn't it? Somebody died for one of our chicken sandwiches. It was a terrible story. No one's cheering it. I don't want, I, look, as you know, I'm a bad person. I'm not cheering anyone dying. Talk about some of the greatest publicity ever. When's the last time someone got murdered over a Big Mac? And I love a Big Mac. Somebody, my sandwich is so good, someone got murdered over it. That has got to be the greatest publicity ever. You know there's going to be some insidious corporation in the future. It's going to try something like this. You know they will, Chris. Oh, you know they will. That's not something that just takes place in the movies. That makes me think about restaurants and corporations and how they do that takeaway stuff. You know what? We're going to talk about that briefly. Hang on a second. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. 
Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It is the dawning of an age where we need to repent your bigotry, repent your phobias, cast down ableism and cast down sexism. No, the Church of Woke is just like any other church except our God is intersectionality and our devil is intolerance. Thou shall not listen to the fiery bigotry contained within podcasting. Now, just like some of the other churches, we believe that blasphemous ideas that cause dissent to our cause should be removed. Remove problematic language from your vocabulary. We're actually doing a book burning later. I mean, we have Harry Potter, uh, Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life, which is basically our Salvador Rusty's The Satanic Verses. Just sacrilege. A goal of mine would be to get a little closer to Islam's influence. I mean, when they tell you not to make a cartoon, people listen. Dismantle the patriarchy. Never let opposing viewpoints stifle your faith. While religious mothers of the past have other sights set on deplatforming Howard Stern, we're more focused on the new generation's Howard Stern. Hello, hello! We've sort of designed it to be a bit of an echo chamber. I mean, if our viewpoint can take us to the promised land, should we not try anything in our power to get there? This is one of our many Bibles. Cast down the vile comedy of Andrew Dice Clay! And though other religions in the past have gained control of the printing press to stop the spread of misinformation, we've seized control of the social media platform. It is not enough to not be ableist! No, this is the booth where you confess anything, like sexist thoughts, phobias. It's not anonymous, and we've actually removed about 20,000 members after learning of their impurities. But while some other religions allow you to repent and ask for forgiveness, <laughs> we prefer you to repent. Chris, yeah, go ahead and get him on. That's Ryan Long. Dead gone. That stuff is hilarious, man. That stuff is hilarious. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Dr. Jesse, you have the opportunity to fly for a day in any aircraft that has ever been built. If it only has one seat, pretend you know how to fly. Also, you can go back in time and fly in any historical flight, war mission, etc. What and where are when are you flying and why? Couple things here. I'm struggling with a couple things. I am immediately drawn to dangerous flights and I feel bad about it because my first answer might be my final answer. My first answer is I would want to be in one of those B-17 flying fortresses in World War II doing bombing runs over Germany. If you don't know what a B-17 flying fortress is and you're in a place to safely do so, please look it up right now. It's gigantic. And I want you to focus on one thing in particular. I want you to look underneath it. You see that little half ball with two machine guns sticking out of it underneath the plane? 
one, I would be way, 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 way too big to fit in there. You had to find somebody super small anyway to fit in there. And it was absurdly dangerous. This position was constantly shot. These guys got shot to pieces all the time and died. So when I say I would want to be there, I understand the risk of death is extremely high. I would love to have been, and I'm sure there's a name for it. I'm sorry I'm doing this on the fly. I didn't look it up. I would love to have been in that little half ball underneath a B-17 flying fortress with some German plane coming at you, barking two machine guns at him, moving the ball around. Chris, tell me that wouldn't be intense. I understand I understand setting the dangerous side. If you couldn't die, if you couldn't die, tell me that would be sweet. Chris is so stupid. Chris doesn't want to do it. I, I struggled with that versus my only other choice would be, you know, I don't like helicopters. I don't trust helicopters. We got an Ask Dr. Jesse question last week about why, why are the helicopters always going down? Is it a conspiracy? No, it's because helicopters suck. They're not made to fly. It's a terrible design. The second one tiny thing goes wrong, it's just a big rock dropping you to the ground. It's not like a plane where you can glide in. As soon as it's done, just put your head between your legs and kiss your rear end goodbye because it is over, Jack. It's over. That said, our attack helicopters. You know what, Chris? We're going to get Wesley Hunt back on the show next week. Wesley Hunt was that awesome congressional candidate from Houston. He lost, which sucked. I, mean, I want most of them to lose, but this guy was so cool. I wanted him to win, and he flew attack helicopters. But the modern-day attack helicopters are so cool. I mean, even the Vietnam era, era ones are so cool, but especially the modern-day attack helicopters are so cool. You have a gunner. Picture this. You, you're, you're, you're flying the thing, and you have a gunner, and the gunner has a helmet on his head. A helmet, and it, it, you're, you're basically, you have targets in your eyes, and the guns on your helo, they point towards wherever you look. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can look somewhere and the guns point there and aim there and light people up. I'm sure it's probably on YouTube. If not, it's on the internet somewhere. There are night vision things where you can see us killing terrorists. You, we, you, you can see our guys killing insurgents in Iraq and Afghanistan. And because it's, you know, it's nighttime or thermal, the guys will glow so you can see the shooting. And it's not bloody. Like it, It'll probably be appropriate for your kids depending on their age. But you can even hear... Uh, you could see it. You can hear it. That looks so cool. It looks so cool, right? I mean, that that would be sweet. I want, I want a helmet that aim, where that guns aim where I'm looking. Gosh, that would be so freaking cool. You know, it would be awesome, Chris. It would be awesome if you could do that at your house for home defense. Yeah, VR helmets, that's a good idea. Anyway, back to these corporations. I meant to bring this up with the takeaway games they play. You know they do that stuff on purpose when something new comes out, right? Like the new uh, the new video game console. What is it? What is a PlayStation? There's a new PlayStation out now. But $500? Oh, it's the PlayStation 5. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not up on it, but it's $600? Okay, whatever the case may be. But you saw people complaining all over social media about, oh, how are they already out of them? How are they not prepared? Uh, there's only a few of these things. Uh, why? They knew it was going to be popular. Why didn't they make more? Buddy, buddy, pull up a chair. Pull up a chair. 
Time to have a talk with your daddy here. Remember, it's me, not your mommy. I'm your daddy. They made plenty of PS5s. They knew exactly how many they were going to need. They manufactured tons and tons of them. And then they made you think they were out to pique your interest even more. There's something about takeaway games that work so good in human nature. It's human nature. They have tons of PS5s sitting in the back locked room at Best Buy. I guarantee it. Yeah, they put five on the shelf and they sold right away. And they told you, oh, I'm sorry, you can't buy one, we're out. And for you, that doesn't make sense. Oh, well, they just lost a sale. No, they didn't. You'll be back next week and you and they know it. Not only that, you went and told your six friends, they're sold out. Everyone's sold out. So your six friends will line up at the door the next time they're restocking the shelves. And gentlemen and ladies, but especially dudes, allow me to talk to you for just a moment. Women's minds work this way too. Just like guys' minds work. You don't have to go all in after one good date and send her 9,000 text messages and eight dozen roses. Nobody likes to hear it, and women hate when you're honest about this. A little bit of hard to get goes a long way. And ladies, the same goes for you too. Ah, you liked him. He's really cute. Should I text him? Should I do this? Ah, screw that. Ignore him for a day. Maybe shoot him one a day later than you should instead of a day earlier. Is it kind of cruel? Is it kind of mind gamey? Yep. Do you want that guy or not? Are you in demand or not? Everybody wants what's in demand and they can't have. Everybody does. It is human nature. All right, it's time to get in an axe fight. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker. Your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners.
Oh, yeah. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. And before I get to the axe fight I have to have, I do want to give a little shout-out to a special talent I saw on the television last night. Pretty stinking good stuff. Every now and then, every now and then you come across. I mean, rarely do I see somebody who actually makes me think anymore. Just because I do so much politics stuff during the day. I don't even consume that much of it at night. But every now and then I see somebody and I think, you know, that person's going places. China. I'm almost tired of saying that word, but I can't stop saying it. You're going to be hearing a lot more of it. The truth is there are number one geopolitical foe and they are here. Their influence is everywhere in this country and they have heavy, heavy influence with the Biden family. They just there's a long, ugly history there. And I have to say, I rarely tell you, you have to hang on for a guest. We have great guests on the show. We're proud of all of our guests. But I'm telling you, make sure you stay right there in your seat for Lee Smith later on in this show, telling you exactly what's going on right now in America. It's incredible. But Joe Biden had some comments today about him and Xi Jinping. I was on the phone for two straight hours with Xi Jinping. And uh, you all know as well as I do. These folks, uh, and it was a good conversation. I know him well. We spent a lot of time together over the uh, uh, over the years I was vice president. And uh, but uh, you know they're gonna. If we don't get moving. They're gonna eat our lunch. They are gonna eat our lunch if we don't get moving. But what does that mean? We have China who doesn't care about any rules. They're just blowing and going over there, building as much as they possibly can. We have to get moving. Joe Biden says we have to get moving, and yet, like, the first thing he did in the Oval Office was sit down and cancel things like the Keystone Pipeline. Already talking about raising the wage and, hey, carbon's going to murder the earth. These two things don't work together. I don't care how much the commies try to convince you they do. You cannot be, well, I I need to reduce carbon emissions and be pro-manufacturing. It's not the way it works at all. Either you believe in productivity and wealth creation, or you believe in man-made climate change. And you cannot possibly believe in both. They work against each other, period. And this link between the Democratic Party and China it's strong, and it's apparent all over the place. Elise Stefanik, she introduced an amendment to ban stimulus funds from going to the Chinese Communist Party, any, anything tied to the Chinese Communist Party. She introduced an amendment to ban stimulus funds going there, and it was blocked? It was blocked by House Democrats? What is, what is the reasoning for this? I mean, they're just laying it all out for you. So wait a minute. The argument is you want stimulus funds to go to the Chinese Communist Party? She had a quote, too. She said, quote, we must prevent American taxpayer dollars from going to institutions that have partnerships with any entity owned, controlled, or or organized under the laws of the Chinese Communist Party, which we know is censoring free speech, engaging in genocide in the Zhejiang province, and influencing American academia before our eyes. It's happening before our eyes. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing that, I mean, think about just how wild this is. Not that I want to go into the NBA or anything like that again. 
Think how insane it is that we have massive pro-sports organizations openly dumping on America. Hate the flag, hate the anthem, America doesn't represent me. And yet doing whatever China says, whatever China says it. Isn't it insane to you? It's insane to me. Every now and then, some guy just gets it. That's what, Chris? That's from my show, I'm Right, on the first TV every single night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Dr. Jesse, you and BK are going to fight to de- fight, are going to fight in a duel to the death. You each must choose one of the following. Longsword, katana, Viking axe, eight-foot spear, sling, or Apache hatchet. You will receive 12 months of training with your pick from the experts. What do you choose and how do you win? Well, first of all, this 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 is going to be bubble bursting for a lot of you, especially me as a dude. This is going to be really bubble bursting for the dudes. The sword and the katana and the axe and the hatchet, they're all gone. They're not even options. They're not long enough. Remember, remember how King Philip II, Alexander the Great's father, dominated all of Greece all of a sudden? Remember the great military innovation? Well, why don't we just make our spears longer than their spears? Then we can stab them in the face before they can stab us in the face. Oh, yeah, that's genius, boss. Let's do that. And they did it and dominated all of Greece. The truth is, there is no choice here. With 12 months of training, you choose the sling. You choose the sling because with 12 months of training, you're crazy. With 12 months of training, you can't get close to me with anything else. You're dead before I'm dead. Dag, God, I'm a military tactical genius. All right, we're we're making my life into a movie, according to somebody. Hang on. never completely ready to adopt a teen for late nights writing english papers for your teen's music taste for dinners where they talk more on their phone than with you for the first time they call you mom you're never completely ready to adopt a teen and you can't imagine the reward to learn more about adopting a teen visit adoptuskids.org brought to you by the u.s department of health and human services adopt u.s kids and the ad council Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council.
877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Dear Dr. Supreme Shogun Kelly, what part of your amazing and handsome life would make the best movie and why? Your childhood, your military service, your RV sales career, your congressional runs, your radio career, or something else. Man, when you put it like that, that is quite a kind of a wild life. That's a wild 39 years. <laughs> no, we don't need a movie about my life. Why? Because there's so much incredible stuff left that I'm going to do. We have to wait unless 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 we're going to sign up for a two-part movie deal with Hollywood and they do, you know, one half the beginning and the second and the end. In all seriousness, though, I thought about this today. Why is there no major Hollywood movie about Simo Haiha? Our sniper from the beginning. Think how sweet that would be. <laughs> All right. Somebody's proposing to his girlfriend. I have advice. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. So we got to get up off our asses and stop just talking about it. Yeah. yeah. I agree. It's action that counts, not words, and we need action now. Yeah. yeah. You're right. We could sit around here all day talking, passing resolutions, making clever speeches. Oh, let's just stop gabbing on about it. It's completely pointless and it's getting us nowhere. Right. right. I agree. This is a complete waste of time. Any second now. Any second now. <laughs> That's, of course... From Life of Brian, or was it a GOP meeting? Possibly either. All right. Hey, Oracle and my personal mentor, Jesse. It's time to ask my girlfriend of five years the big question. Any tips on the talk with her old man? We get along. He's a fellow conservative, blue collar like me. I just feel the whole thing will be awkward. Should I do dinner? Just go over the house with some beer. Appreciate any advice. Well, let me explain something to you, buddy. One good man. Put a ring on her finger. Go start cranking out some kids. You want to fight back against the system? The ultimate rebellion against the system right now is for good people to get married and start cranking out babies and churning out a generation of freedom lovers. So that's good for you. Also, good for you for asking the old man for permission. I did. I believe that's a good tradition. Asked for I asked for my wife's hand from her father. She belongs to him until you make an honest woman out of her and make her belong to you. That's one. Two. No, you don't have to worry about dinner. You're probably poor. Don't worry about spending any money you don't have yet because you're too young. When you guys get married, man, life, money's tight and there ain't nothing wrong with that. Those are some of the best times. Our best times are when we lived in an apartment. 
Those are some of the best times. So don't worry about that. But don't you don't have to take him to dinner. Just the fact that you're asking him is what's going to matter. As soon as you show up with a six-pack of beer and ask to speak to him, he's going to know. An old man already knows. A dad knows. Dudes know other dudes. So don't overthink it. You want to spend any money? Leave the steak dinner alone. Grab a six-pack of his favorite brew. Go over there and say, hey, uh, you want to go for a walk with me? Want to go down, sit down, sit by the lake with me or whatever y'all do. The second you say that he's going to know what's coming and don't beat around the bush and don't make, here's the thing guys make a mistake of a lot. You make awkward small talk and it, what it does is it gives you time to get more and more nervous, get out there and get it done. Hand a man a beer, crack a beer and say, I would like permission to to marry your daughter. He's going to raise a beer Cheers you, say absolutely, give you a hug, and then you're going to have a wonderful rest of the night, and he will remember that moment until the day they bury him in the ground, the day you asked him. Don't make a big thing of it. You don't have to. Proud of you for doing it. Go marry that woman. Take care of her. Take care of your family. Have lots of kids. All-knowing Dr. Kelly, two questions. One. If we encourage the media slash left to continue to double, double, triple mask or ball gag, do you think eventually it would act as a muzzle so no one could hear them? I will say this before I get to the second part of the question, the serious question. How stupid does everything look now when everyone has these masks on? When the president is trying to talk, when important people are trying to talk, and I think it's important to talk about this. It just makes everything look so dumb. Take the stupid mask off for Pete's sake, especially when you're speaking in public, speaking into a microphone. We don't need you to virtue signal with the mask on. Everybody knows you go backstage and take it off right away anyway. Take the mask off so I can understand what you're saying. And now, I don't mean to go off on a tangent here, but I'm about to because this upsets me and it just made me think of this. Before I'm going to get to the second part of your question. Don't worry. Parents, there is a skill to teach your children that nobody tells you to teach your children, but it is a critical life skill that will take them a long way. Are you ready for this? I see so many people who are terrible at it, and I get mad at their parents when I see people who are terrible at it. Or, to be more specific, when I hear people who are terrible at it. Learn to speak on the phone. And I can't emphasize this enough. Speaking on the phone is not like having a conversation with somebody here in person. Enunciate. Speak up. Speak clearly. I I am floored by the people who cannot speak on the phone, or especially people, you know, who take your order at a fast food restaurant. Hello, welcome to Jack and Bob. Can I take your order, please? I'm, I'm sorry, but hello, I got a jacket box. Can I take it on, please? I, could you, could you, could you speak clear? I've, hello, slow down and speak. I, I look. You can call me a jerk all you want. I will chew my kids out for it. If I, if I put them on the phone with, 
one of their grandparents. And, you know, because hearing goes as you get older. These bodies aren't made to last forever. And to go to the eye doctor yesterday. I'll talk about that in a minute. Our bodies aren't made to last forever. If my boys mumble when they're ordering food in a restaurant or on the phone, I will chew them out for it. Oh, hi, Grandpa. How are you doing? He can't hear you. Speak up. Hello, Grandpa. How are you doing? Speak up. Why don't people do this? And what happens is people get nervous, and instead of turning up the volume and going clearer, they go even lower and faster. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Speak up and speak clearly. I I tell this to people when it comes to uh, reading. You know what? Have them read something to you is the best way to do it. I tell my boys all the time, there is a humongous difference between reading something and reading something to someone. If I'm reading this email I just started out just to myself in my head, this is what it sounds like. All knowing Dr. Kelly, two questions. If we encourage the media left to continue double tripping about hell back, do you think eventually it would act as a Muslim? No, one could hear. That's how I would read that in my head. But I'm not reading it to myself, am I? I'm reading it to a million people right now. Therefore, it's all-knowing Dr. Kelly. Two questions. One, if we inc- you see the difference? In life, it is a critical, critical difference, and it will cost you money. It will cost you a job somewhere. You have some busy boss looking for a new employee, not sure who to hire, has a quick phone conversation with one guy who's speaking like I am right now, clearly so you can understand. And the next guy maybe just as qualified says, yeah, I don't know. I'm never, kind of from East Texas, but I don't know. My wife used to do He's gone. Goodbye. See ya. Learn to speak clearly. Sorry, I went off there. Second part of the question. As an advocate for proper proportions for food, I often rearrange the fixins on my sandwiches slash burgers. What comments do you have regarding this practice? Cheers, your number one fan in Oregon. <laughs> well, thank you. All right, now let me explain something. What I'm about to say is going to make me sound like a bad human, but I am a bad human, and this is one of my biggest pet peeves in life. I understand the minimum wage employee in Subway. I'm not trying to call out Subway. You know I love Subway. Greatest cookies in the world that nobody knows about. But a minimum wage employee in Subway is almost undoubtedly not going to be somebody who takes you know the extra step when it comes to something. I, I'm not dogging on a job in Subway. I've had a million crappy jobs, a lot worse jobs than working in Subway. So I understand I have to apply a certain amount of mercy to something. However, I'm floored that you can go in and order a cheesesteak and they make just the most unacceptable error in the history of mankind. You want to know what that error is? I'll tell you in a second. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. 
Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, the whole show will be available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, on iTunes right after the show. If you're on iTunes, leave a five-star rating and leave a review discussing how handsome I am. Anyway, you're in a place like Subway. You order maybe... Extra cheese on your cheesesteak. Not that I would ever do such a thing. They take all the extra cheese and they pile it up right on top of all the cheese slices they already put on there. Then, when they turn to throw your cheesesteak in the in the little cooker, they just chuck it in there and everything just goes everywhere and it comes out and it looks like somebody just vomited all the ingredients onto your burger. Placement of condiments and things on top of a burger or sandwich is absolutely critical. And they act like it's nothing. I want the same amount of everything in every human in every single bite. And every human being on earth should want the same thing. It's my main complaint with restaurant nachos. Restaurant nachos are not paid the proper respect. That's why I hardly ever order them. When the chef in the restaurant gets an order of nachos, he views it as a gigantic throwaway order that he doesn't have to do any work on. And it's obvious. It's obvious they reach in, grab a gob of chips, chuck it on a plate, take all the ingredients, dump them on top of all that, and then hand it out to you and act like you're supposed to be happy that there's 19 pounds of meat and cheese on one chip and zero on the other 19. No pride. No pride. These are heavy-hitting questions, Chris. Hey, Oracle. Dr. Kelly, a couple months ago, you were showing off the fancy food you eat now that you have made it big. In the picture, I noted a full stick of butter with your Kraft mac and cheese. My question, don't look at me like that. I will not be judged by you, Chris, right now. My question is, why do companies put the wrong instructions on their food products? Everyone knows a full stick of butter is needed with the blue box. Also, do you notice how older people are so afraid to stray from the printed directions? Is this a generational thing or a regional thing? Keep up the good work. Know you have a group of pastors who listen to you who haven't forgotten what it means to be men and Christians and are trying to our best to open eyes and prepare our flocks for the fight to come. By the way, Pastor, good on you, you guys. Not me, not anybody else. You guys must lead us out of this disaster. You must prepare them. Don't let these dirty communists take over your church, too, and I know you won't. But first of all, let's address the last question first. 
older people following instructions. I think this is what it is. You're right. An older generation is more prone to follow the instructions of something. And you shouldn't follow the instructions on most things. However, you're both right. An older generation grew up in in America, and I know I'm making this bigger than a craft recipe, but an older generation grew up in an America where the system could be a lot more trusted. You could, in general, trust what you were being taught in school. You could trust the DOJ. You could trust the Boy Scouts. You could trust your church. You could, you could trust it because it was a time where we were more moored to our cultural founding. So in general, you were taught the system isn't corrupt. You can trust it more. And that's accurate. That was accurate. What I'm saying is, and this is, this is part of the reason I say it all the time, we're in this massive transition period in the United States of America where you, now you don't want to teach your kids to be disrespectful or whatnot, but it is critical that you teach them to distrust everything because it's all a lie. It's all built on lies, all of it. Don't be a bad human being. Don't be a rebellious, obnoxious little snot, but... You should instinctively distrust everything you see now. So that's what the, that's why the difference in generations. Also, everybody knows you use a stick or at least almost an entire stick of butter in Kraft mac and cheese. The recipe on the box is so absurdly wrong. It uses way more milk than you should ever use, and it uses way too little butter. Also... You should black pepper your Kraft mac and cheese into oblivion. Pepper changes mac and cheese for the better every time. I'm blown away by these people who don't use pepper. Drives me crazy. Dear Food Shogun, I am in Houston this weekend visiting a buddy. We are considering getting the holy grail of steaks, Kobe beef from uh, B&B Butchers. B&B Butchers is this huge luxury steakhouse here in Houston. Two questions. Have you ever had it, and should we get it? It costs $220 for four ounces, which for us is quite a bit of money. However, it sounds incredible. Okay. Yes, I've had it. No, I didn't buy it because there is no chance I'm ever going to pay $220 for a tiny amount of steak. And he's right. That's not an exaggeration. I want you to understand that's what they charge for it. This Wagyu, Kobe stuff, this stuff is absurdly expensive. However, I have had it. I have a buddy of mine uh, has done real well for himself. He's rich. And he decided he wanted to try it too. He was having a ton of people over, like 20, 30 people over. And he bought two little four, five-ounce steaks. And I mean, these are just little hockey puck-looking things. And it was something like $500. And I know what it was because he had ordered it. I, I went and picked it up for him. It's a long story. It was helping with the party type stuff. We go, day of the party, and the plan is really just to let everybody try it. Everyone just wants to try it, right? One, you couldn't eat really a ton of it anyway if you had a big one because it's so fatty. If you look at an uncooked piece of it, you'll see it's just it's a big piece of fat with some meat in it. That's why the flavor is so incredible. It's so rich you couldn't eat much of it. Two, 
don't do much to it if you ever do it at home. He was very, very smart. It was a little salt, little pepper, and sizzle, sizzle in a cast iron. I mean, it should be rare to medium rare. Don't you dare overcook a glorious piece of meat like that. He pulled it out, sliced it up. Everyone, you know, got a few little bites of it. It really was one of the best things I have ever eaten in my entire life. It was one of the best things I have ever eaten in my entire I, I mean, it's one of those things. I'm not trying to be dramatic. You're taking a bite and you're audibly going, mm, mm. it is that good. It's like butter. And you No, I know it's a lot of money, Chris. And believe me, look, if you had a ton of money, you do with your, your, with your money what you want. You earned it. It's your money. Like I said, I, I don't think I could ever bring myself to spend that kind of money on something. But... If you're considering doing it once, the answer is absolutely, buddy. If you're not going to put yourself in a financial bind, remember, life is about experiences. Experiences, not stuff. Experiences. You will remember 20 years from now, you will remember the time you went out with your buddy and splurged, and got four ounces of meat for $220. You will remember how dumb it was. You will remember how delicious it was. It will be a story you tell people at parties. Life is about experiences. Go, fill up on bread, and enjoy splitting your four ounces of meat. 100% worth it. You'll be at 100 other steakhouses in your life getting a normal filet or ribeye or what normal people can afford when they splurge and go to a steakhouse. Go take the chance this one time. Go take the chance. It's all about experiences. People ask me all the time, well, why do you have, you know, how do you have all these stories and whatnot? So, so 39 years old. It's not because I'm anything special. It's because I take stupid chances for an adventure at the drop of a hat. At the drop of a hat. I will do something absurd. I will. I want, I want to, when I'm on my deathbed, I want to think, man, what a ride, baby. Ann Coulter coming up next. Hang on. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council.
Well, this is going to be a special treat for me, not just because she's one of the best, but because it allows me to rub it in the face of Jewish producer Chris. Joining me now is somebody who obviously doesn't need any introduction, Ann Coulter, author of the best books, political books I've ever read. And I just want to point this out right off the bat, that when I said I was going to get you on last week on the air, Jewish producer Chris looked at me and said, no, you're not going to be able to get Ann Coulter. And I said, you just watch. And five minutes later, you were booked for this Friday. He underestimated my power. <laughs> always a mistake. Yes, ma'am. Always a mistake. And what's wrong with the GOP? Um, many things. How mm-hmm. long is this interview? <laughs> <laughs> it's about, about eight minutes. Um, Part of it is what's wrong with the entire world, the country, the future, um, (laughs) what will happen of your children's lives, Um, and that is the media, Um, although that's also what's wrong with the Democrats. The media have too much power, but a lot of Republicans are terrified of the media. Um, They're still living in the old world where money is everything, so (laughs) they are also terrified of the donors and the campaign consultants, and probably about 90% of all politicians are sociopaths. 10%, I would say, are not, (laughs) but sometimes it can be hard to find them. I don't think Ronald Reagan was. Um, I think he, he was an uber-patriot who genuinely loved his country. Um, But those are few and far between. Um, The Republicans in particular, uh, they're worried about what the media are going to say, um, and I suppose sometimes for good reason. Uh, 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 Trump had the equivalent of a media megaphone, and he he destroyed... Remember I said... um, yeah, you do. It was 30 seconds ago that 90% of politicians are sociopaths and you have to look for the 10% who aren't. Mm-hmm. You know, another one who's part of the 10% was Jeff Sessions. And um, just because he wouldn't do um, <laughs> like, like Vice President Pence completely violate the law to do Trump's bidding, <laughs> Trump starts denouncing him. And, you know, even the conservative media, with few notable exceptions, piled on, destroyed Jeff Sessions. He lost um, re-election to his, well, not re-election, but when he ran for his old Senate seat, he lost some laughable incompetent, okay, admittedly a Republican, some laughable incompetent is now a sitting United States senator because Trump tweeted it out. Um, and and now, you know, this, this Trump worship was, at least among elected Republicans, never based on principle. Oh, no, 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 no. When Trump was, was, was running for office and supported the right issues and saying what we've been waiting for any politician to say for 30 years, Fox was working overtime to stop him. Remember, Rupert Murdoch called into the first, to, to, to his debate panel, his first debate, take him out. This has gone on long enough. Oh, well, thank you for deciding whom we can elect president, Mr. Australian immigrant. Um, there, was, there was one lone voice in the conservative firmament who was endorsing him, introducing him in Iowa, New Hampshire, writing columns, supporting him. Yes, that was, that was me, Jesse Kelly, um, <laughs> banned from Fox for supporting Trump. But then he gets elected, and they can't stop filleting him for four years. If only they had held him to his promises, he would have won re-election in a landslide. Same thing with most of most conservatives. And that's basically what you see the Republican Party doing. I mean, all these 
never Trump Republicans. I just saw it today. I'm sorry. I know you asked me a very open-ended question, um, but I'll wrap it up with this. This is my favorite news of the day. Nikki Haley. Mm. Um, preface on Nikki Haley, um, <laughs> other than the man who took Jeff Sessions' seat in the Senate, um, thanks to thanks to Donald Trump, the dumbest person ever to enter politics, used her response to the State of the Obama's State of the Union address in 2016. Trump was running. Trump, we didn't know he was going to betray all of us. He was making all these promises that we've been waiting for a politician to promise, like immigration, bringing jobs home, um, no more pointless wars, not, um, putting our country first, the people who love us, our country first. Um, <laughs> Obama spends you know, part of his State of the Union address attacking Trump. Nikki, the Republican response gets up. And what does she do? Ah, she attacks Trump. So, of course, Trump, being, you know, salt of the earth loyal, immediately starts promoting Nikki Haley and attacking the people who supported him when he becomes president. Nikki Haley has now just broken with Trump. She's attacking him now. <laughs> yes, that's it's, it's quite a shock. I, 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 for one, am stunned to find out that Nikki Haley is just relentlessly politically ambitious and only had her eyes on the White House the whole time here. I just thought she was a humble public servant. <laughs> yes, but it couldn't happen to a better man. The most disloyal human on, who said they ought to be in a zoo. The two most disloyal humans, Nikki, Donald. Why did Donald Trump, a man famous for saying you're fired on television, and maybe that's the problem, why did Donald Trump consistently surround himself with the worst human beings in politics? It, it, I mean, at one point in time, Omarosa was in the White House. I still can't say that with a straight face. How how is that humanly possible? We couldn't find capable people. Oh, there are plenty of capable of pe people. The ones who supported him. Um, I mean, Chris Kobach, John Lott, John Lott. It's just it enrages me to this day. Uh, you know, we have this Bureau of Justice Statistics for those of you who are interested in crime or write about crime. Um, it's fantastic, and you can do a lot of interesting investigation. Investigation. John Lott is the foremost. Uh, um, economist in the nation, uh, unemployable because he wrote more guns, more crime. He has a brain the size of Central Park, um, and he's done these fabulous studies. I mean, his more guns, less crime book kind of ended the gun debate and got concealed carry permits passed throughout the nation, saving thousands, tens of thousands of lives. Um, the head of Bureau of Justice Statistics is, an appoint, uh, is not a, a confirmable position. It's an appointed position. How about putting him there? How about, him, how about the government finally telling us, i.e., through John Lott, what percentage of crime actually is committed by immigrants? Um, how many illegal immigrants we have in prison? Um, how about a genuine breakdown by, by, by race on, 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 on criminal statistics? We're not allowed to know that. No, Hispanics are counted as white when they're the perpetrators. They're counted as Hispanics when they're victims. This odd little sleight of hand. Um, there were plenty of people Trump could have hired that were presented to him. Why uh, didn't he? I think, I think the, the two things I can... I, I mean, I, I knew there were going to be disabilities with Trump. He was the only one I'd still write in Trump We Trust. He was the only one saying the stuff we wanted to hear. I, I mean, these, these never-Trumpers 
oh, he's coarse, he's vulgar. My position was, why can't you present us with someone who isn't coarse and vulgar, who takes these positions? Mm-hmm. Give me that politician, and I'll support him. Uh, um, um, but the two things I, I, I still did not, did, not, did not anticipate, and I don't think anyone anticipated, was um, bringing his numbskull son-in-law um, and vapid daughter um, in to run the White House. I'm sorry, that wasn't mentioned on the campaign trail. Um, I was either present at or watched every one of his rallies. Um, never heard. And don't worry, I'm bringing Jared. Oh, no, that was a total bait and switch. That was the greatest bait and switch in all of political history. Point one. Point two, I absolutely 100% underestimated how stupid he is. Um, I thought he was just, you know, vulgar, doesn't read, doesn't care, he's lazy. Okay, that was all priced in. But the absolute stupidity of not keeping your promises, thinking you, you're going to win the election, losing the election, and then going to the refs to get them to like, disqualify your opponent. No, you could have won in a landslide <laughs> the way Ronald Reagan did when he ran for a second term by doing one simple thing, keep your promises. And Coulter, everybody, her new book is Resistance is Feudal, and you are the best, unsurprisingly. Appreciate you very much. Good to talk to you, Jesse. Bye-bye. Man, Coulter bringing the pain today. Hang on, we're not done yet. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. It's still an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. What an awesome day. What an awesome day. Ann Coulter, not, not a fan of Donald Trump anymore. I don't know if you were aware of this, but she no longer likes Donald Trump. Just destroyed the guy for 10 minutes. That was brutal. <laughs> we're going to get some emails about that one, which is awesome. Remember, you can email me your love, your hate, your death threats. You were asked Dr. Jesse questions. If I didn't get to yours or haven't gotten to yours, they don't get tossed away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to them. I'm going to get to them. Dear Shogun Jesse, my husband and I are just begin, have just begun watching Man in the High Castle. In case you haven't seen it, basically, Germany wins World War II, and this takes place maybe 50 to 80 years after the war ends. 
Germany and Japan, and Japan split the U.S. with a weird neutral zone in the middle that still confuses me. I've attached a photo for reference. My question is, what does the world look like if Germany wins the war, both directly after the war and 100 years into the future? Is this realistic or not, and why? I'm really confused why Russia isn't a player anymore in the show, and it doesn't seem likely to me that the commies in Russia would give up on communism just because Germany won. Your thoughts? Well, Hitler's. Let's let's deal with Russia for a moment. Obviously, Hitler's invasion of Russia was a humongous failure. Operation Barbarossa. Everybody knows it. Widely known as the biggest. I mean, the biggest military blunder in history. Hitler had virtually all of continental Europe under his control. There was very little anybody could do about it at the moment. The the only thing that would really stop him is if he committed basically his entire army to fight in the East and lose. I mean, he did the only thing that really could have lost him the war. Think about what that, let's pause for a moment. Think about what that means. Virtually all of continental Europe is Germany, probably stays Germany for a long time. You're not going to have any Jews left. I don't know. Talk about an interesting thought experiment. I hadn't really got thought about it this way. Obviously, many would die. I don't know if you'd have the Holocaust, though, on close to the level we did. Remember, Hitler forever was trying to deport them. Oh, he didn't kill if you kill, he didn't care if you killed him. Oh, yeah, you can kill him, whatever, but he wanted them gone. The real, real final solution, I mean, demon stuff didn't take place till more towards the end. We're talking like 43, 44. That's when they were, I mean, sending them in the gas chambers and droves. So that's an interesting side note, but I'm not going to go off on that for now. But so Hitler shouldn't have invaded Russia. Everybody knows that. Ah, ha, ha, he's so stupid. People seem to forget. Yeah, he shouldn't have turned out to be a mistake. Germany almost won anyway. This came down to Stalingrad, which I've done a show on. You know what? I might do Monday's show on Stalingrad just because we haven't done one in forever. It is it is by itself the largest war in the history of mankind, just the battle for Stalingrad. And, yeah, Germany lost and ended up losing. I think it was 1.1 million casualties, if I remember it, something like that, it, for that one battle. But Germany could have still won it. It's not like It's not like Germany went into Russia and just got their butts kicked all over the place. So let's assume they win. Let's give them, let's give them Russia. He makes a couple couple strategic mistakes. Let's assume they take Russia. Well, that is quite an empire now. now. Your question in the immediate aftermath, I don't think the United States of America goes anywhere or very much changes. And to be honest with you, I think the United States of America, once Germany had taken over that much and conquered that much, I know you're not going to like to hear this. I think the United States of America extends a hand and makes Germany a trade partner. I do. I very much, I don't look, even Chris is shrugging his shoulders. I don't know that you'd have much of a choice, really. It's either that or you're committing to a gigantic war between another big empire and you. Let's, let me put it this way. If we did the right thing and didn't extend the hand, one would hope we wouldn't extend a hand to somebody committing genocide, China, but one would hope we wouldn't extend a hand. 
But let's say we let's say we did the right thing and we're like, no, screw you. You're you're slaughtering Jews. We're not we're not taking this. You've killed untold amounts of people. We're, no. Germany with that kind of manufacturing base and the German people as organized and switched on as German people are, they probably get that economy together in short order. We would probably be in very serious trouble at some point. I, I would guess this is a total guess. I'm, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. I bet you would be 10, 20 years from them having a Navy capable of blowing through ours. And then once they can blow through ours, now you have German troops with Nazi armbands on leading on landing on the shores of America. You, you would have Japanese landing on the shores of California. And as you know, with the way the Japanese conducted themselves, that's a whole other fish to fry right there. You'd probably want to move to the East Coast. Not that it's any great thing, any, any great thing under the Germans. If you're Jewish, I don't know where you go. Head to the mountains, buddy. It ain't going to be good for you no matter what. But it's an interesting thought experiment. It is. I have one more thought on it. Hang on. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. They split the United States of America. I will say this. I obviously don't want it to happen. I've forever been fascinated. Maybe not so much now. Sadly, I don't know how well we'd fare now. But especially back then, I would be interested to see how the American resistance movement is. And what I say by that, this is what I mean. Let's assume they blow through our Navy. They land troops on the shore. They're not stupid. They're not going to try to conquer every inch. They're going to go for Washington, D.C. They're going to go for New York. They're going to try to seize. The the Germans are really good at this. That Blitzkrieg stuff was just about seizing the communications, seizing the supply lines. They're going to go for that. They're going to get on your television set and say we own the country now. I would be curious how powerful that resistance movement got. It's an interesting thought experiment. Would there be armies of Americans in middle America? Could be. 
No, not now, Chris. Back then, there could be. That was a different sense of duty back then. Gosh, I can't believe the show's already over. I need another hour. That's all. Jesse Kelly Show. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans because all veterans who served honorably, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone. 
testosterone fueled again. Maximize your masculinity today at choq.com. Use the code JESSE for a massive discount on any Chalk subscription for life. CHOQ.com, code JESSE. Limited time offer, subscription cancelable at any time. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information.